Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Starring your defending champion, Randy of House Santarelli, Ryan of House Palmer, Logan of House Meyer, Tyler of House Para, Danny of House Sladke, Jake of House Hollyfield, Andy of House Pollock, Michael of House Sladke, Justin of House St. Peter, Steve of House Ellinger, Garrett of House Sturkin, and Will of House Larson. Hey there, all you cool cats and kittens. It's the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. We are going to come to you to talk about week eight. Week eight is in the books. Five weeks left of the regular season for most leagues. And the playoff picture is starting to take a little bit of form. So, Justin, tough L for you last week. Yep. Uh, if I start the correct tight end, I win, I think. I was so excited that I I got Harrison Bryan right before the season started and threw him on my taxi. I'm like, all right, I'm playing him for that great week. and Not a good decision. You didn't go with the proven man. You went with the one-week wonder. Pretty much. <laughs> and I paid the price. So let's start today by talking about the gulag and who's going out the moon door. When I grow up, I'll be able to fight anybody who bothers me. Or you. When we get married, you can tell me if you don't like somebody, and then we can bring them back here and whoosh! Right through the moon door. So who went out this week? Man, Billy was the number one scorer in the gulag. And he gets bounced. And then we also had Steve. He is gone as well. Steve was a pretty obvious one. He had about 53 points going into the last night. So Bucks, Giants, it was Malberg, me, and then two other people. But realistically, it was just me versus Malberg, and I needed three points from the Buccaneers' defense, and it didn't start off too good. I was getting so scared. And they got a pick, and I felt a little okay. Um, and then they got a sack. And then they gave up a couple points and a bunch of yards. And I was so scared. And then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, I get a group text with Danny T. And he says, bye, Billy. And I thought he was just, like, screwing around, like, being sarcastic. And then I go and I look at the scoreboard. (laughs) And Billy from the Rams D got adjusted a minus one point which put him into the elimination, and he had no one left to play. (laughs) And he was livid. Yeah, that was rough. So he started four different group chats to tell people how much Sleeper sucked. He pulled the Randy card. (laughs) Saying Sleeper is the worst. Sleeper is the worst for platform of all time. He went on Facebook, into every single league, every single chat that he knew I would see. 
But he never said it was my fault. He said it was Sleeper's fault. <laughs> he even went as far as to change his gulag username from Buxton7 to Sleeper Sucks D. <laughs> Sadly, he got bounced, and he had a powerhouse of a team. James Conner, Derek Henry, DeAndre Hopkins, Mark Andrews, Adam Thielen, Deontay Johnson, Gronk. Just absolute stud team. He's gone. And it's actually very sad as well, because in year one, he won the whole thing. He beat you. Week 17. I know you love hearing that. Yep. Fuck week 17 forever. And then last year he actually was the runner up. So he's taken first and second, and now he takes 17th place. So out the moon door he goes. We are now down to 50% of our teams. It's now a 16 team league. Rest in peace to Billy. And then waivers ran today. So let's talk about some waivers that did run for the Gulag. Starting first, DeAndre Hopkins. He went for $599 to Malberg. And the next closest was $350 bet. We also had a Derrick Henry winning by Sneaky Siggy. By $351, I really, really wanted him. I think I put in a bet for like 297 or something. Didn't get him. Going back to that DeAndre Hopkins one, Malberg has had Patrick Laird on his team <laughs> for Gulag. He had no idea who the guy was for this entire year. Uh, and he hasn't spent like barely a penny of his uh, free agent money. So instead, he goes out and gets one of the top five fantasy receivers. Good pickup. But he uses 60% of his budget to do it. Yeah. So that's uh, that's some rough management there. And additionally, he still has Jason Sanders, the kicker for the Dolphins, on his bench. He held him through his bye because he said he was on fire, yet since coming back from the bye, he has not played him once. I don't know how he made the top 16. <laughs> yeah. Quite interesting, that's for sure. So... Then we move on to Zeke. Charlie got him for $212. James Conner went for $203. Adam Thielen, $180. Mark Andrews for $102. Eckler goes for $88. However, he could have been one for $1. <laughs> no one put a single bid in for him. He could have even gone yeah, for isn't zero. He not, isn't he not going to be playing for a while yet? Yep. Interesting. I don't even know if he's going to play again this year. What's the point? Deontay Johnson goes to Sam for 40. Herbert goes to Drew for 39. And then Gronk, in the first tie that was not $1 or $0, goes to Kayla for 26. She tied me. She had the tiebreaker due to points four. So that is the Gulag Week 9 waivers in summary. So, let's talk about some cookies. Cookie! Okay, so if we take a look this week at 
the week eight cookies. Quite a few top scoring performances. So starting with the quarterback, I got a cookie with Patrick Mahomes, 46.64 points against the yep. New York Gase Jets. Yeah, that helps. Uh, anybody going on the Jets uh, against the Jets defense is going to get some points. But uh, when you have the best QB in the league, that definitely helps. Uh, then we have two running backs. This one hurt. Uh, Delvin Cook with 48.6 by Randy. He had almost 200 scrimmage yards. He had four touchdowns. He broke every tackle that a Packer even attempted on him. That was a hell of a game. Randy gets 48.6. Uh, and then Ryan, Alvin Kamara, back-to-back cookie winner, uh, 25.3 for Ryan's team. Did you notice that you always switch if you call him Kamara or Kamara? I did not, know. I guess <laughs> I don't even know the correct way to say it, so that's probably why. So they were just talking about this on Footballers this morning of how to properly say it. It's Kamara, according to him. It's the same situation with Robert Tanyan, people had been calling him, but it's actually Tanyan. Or like Tarod Taylor and Tarod yes. Taylor. And I will never call him Tarod. <laughs> so let's move on to the wide receivers. Name we've been seeing a lot lately. Devontae Adams, 30.3 to you. And then another name who I'm slowly but surely rising up my overall dynasty rankings. DK Metcalf, 40.1 points to Will. No, he cannot just do the nine routes. He can do so much more. DK Metcalf goes to Will for that cookie. That was an incredible game. Uh, then we get back to your team with Travis Kelsey, 24.9 from you. Um, so it's kind of the the stack there with uh, Mahomes Kelsey has been very good to you this year in fantasy. That it indeed has. Helps that they're playing the Jets. The two flexes then for cookies, we start with Travis Sorry, we start with Tyreek Hill to Little Slads with 25.8. The second flex also goes to Little Slads. Robert Woods with 28.4. Good week for his flexes. Uh, then we ha- go to the kicker position, which actually tied. Um, we had uh, Ryan Suckup on Monday Night Football get 15, and then we had Michael Badgley of the Chargers get 15. We, I believe we gave it to Michael Badgley because he kicked the longer field goal yep. for Danny, correct? Yep. Yes. Yep. And so, Sleeper gave Michael Badgley that, that cookie as well. So we went with what Sleeper had and because he kicked the longer field goal. Yep. Defensive lineman, we have Khalil Mack, 9.5 points for Little Slads. Him and Aaron Donald both tied. Uh, I believe that the tiebreaker we used was more tackles because they had an identical stat line outside of that yeah and i think sleeper also had khalil mack as well not aaron donald so we were we did it the math first and then sleeper agreed with us so we knew what we did was good um at linebacker my guy bobby wagner 14 and a half points great great performance out of him robbed of the mvp trophy <laughs> the That's defensive Tony Dungy is ridiculous <laughs> Yeah, they were just talking about Tony Dungy because Mike Tomlin passed him for, uh, I believe, most victories by an African-American coach. So, Defensive back, we have Jesse Bates for Ryan. I believe he was just a random pickup 
we had been talking about him in the offseason. He was on Sterk's team. Sterk got rid of him. Ryan picked him up. He scores 15 for Ryan. And then the last player who was back off uh, injury for the past few weeks, Darius Leonard for the Colts. When he is healthy, he is probably the number one linebacker in fantasy. The health is the problem. He was healthy this week, and he balled out 14 points for Randy's team. Not like Randy's team needed that much more help, but he got it. Yeah, that's for sure. So let's take a look first at the player totals at the position. So leading it for quarterback, we have Patrick Mahomes. He's got three cookies right now. For running backs, we have Alvin Kamara with four. So 50% of our fantasy weeks, more than 50% if you count his buys for him individually, Alvin Kamara has gotten a cookie, followed up by James Robinson and Dalvin Cook, each with two. Wide receivers tied at the top. We have Devontae Adams and Adam Thielen, each with three. And then we have a four-way tie for with two between DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf. Notice in there we see two Seahawk names. Tight ends, then, we have a three-way tie for first between Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and George Kittle, who is going to be gone. So probably won't be getting any more cookies for him this year. That's sad. Such a good player. Kickers, we only have one guy at the top, Young Hoku with two. Um, by the way, it's also, speaking of names that we mispronounce, it's not Young Hoku, it's Young Wei Ku. I don't care. I'm still calling him Young Ho. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do remember that one. But I definitely call him Young Ho without even realizing it. <laughs> Defensive lineman at the top, Miles Garrett still there, three, and then Aaron Donald has two. Linebackers at the top, we got Bobby Wagner with two, uh, and then defensive backs still at the top. We have Buda Baker with the only one more than once. He has four, so he's in a similar situation to Kamara. That's crazy. So this week's total for cookies. Uh, it was 338.04 for the, our optimal lineup. It was 15 down from last week. Uh, it's kind of around the middle of the pack for so far through week eight um, for cookie totals. And then if we look at the overall team totals right now, so starting at the top, we have Johnny Sins never quits with 13 overall cookies. We have uh, Lamar and Friends in second. He has 11 cookies. Uh, we then tied for third. We have the Hearst Locker and Chasing for Jamar Chase, who is another name change. There it is. Sound the alarms. It only lasted two weeks. That was, that was actually kind of impressive. Yep. And then we have a... One, two, three, four-way tie with nine cookies between Outdoor Furnishings, Fresh Prince of Hellair, Team Amelia Clark fan, and then formerly, is that what you have it as? Yeah, formerly yeah. Kick is Gould. So that's with eight, or sorry, nine. Then we have Team Backflip with eight. King Henry's Kingdom with seven. Spaceballs with five. And then at the bottom, we have... This is Burrow with four. And now I'd like to bring to you a special reading from Justin St. Peter about a very important message. 
Just my thoughts. November is finally here. I've seen a lot of huge hate spewed in recent months about a man who is a constant winner and overachiever. And that's what the people who support him like about him. Yes, he's been caught in lies and twisted the truth a little bit, but he's still out there proving his haters were wrong time after time. Some people are jealous of someone who is successful, powerful, and has a lot of money. Throw in a hot foreign model at the side and they hate him even more. You may not have wanted him in his role, but he's there now and there's nothing you can do about it. I know it's possibly going to get worse over the next several days, but like him or not, Tom Brady is really turning things around in Canada. <laughs> things so you love to hear. I cannot credit for that one, but I found it and we had to share it. Yep. We'll be right back to talk about waivers, trades, somebody, please, please make a drink, and the NFL update. There will be more fights to come. And I will stand behind Randy Santarelli. The king in the north! The king in the north! Let's talk about some waivers that just went through today. We had quite a few. I believe there's 13 that were in there. Um, so that's exciting to see. Starting at the top. So we'll go back and forth here. Jordan Wilkins goes to Spaceballs for $26. A lot of uncertainty right now with your guy, Jonathan Taylor, who, by the way, the footballer is called Trent Richardson uh, <laughs> due to early injuries and inefficiency. Uh, and there was four bids down on Jordan Wilkins. Yeah, that was a, a lot of money, um, but it is warranted for right now. Wilkins had a, a great game last week. Jonathan Taylor is not Trent Richardson. <laughs> um, not at all. Yeah, he, he's a little banged up, and he hasn't had the greatest rookie season, but he's still a solid fantasy point performer, and I, he's still going to be the future back for the Colts. And your team. And my team. What do you got so next? let me have Burke Daddy uh, putting down $15 on your boy, Troy Main Pope. No, he is not my guy. They literally pulled him off the, tr- the practice squad randomly. Uh, you were pretty excited about him on Sunday. <laughs> well, you asked who he was, so I had to tell you. Yeah, he came <laughs> in the practice squad. He's the, I don't even know how. They were running all over Denver, which is crazy because their run defense is actually not bad. Um <laughs> Yeah, Troy Main Pope. Little Slads gets my twin. Yeah, it's crazy that Stirk put in 15 bucks for him and the only other person to put a bid for Stirk uh, and uh, Lefty at zero on him. Oh, wow. He wanted another running back. So Little Slads puts down $13 on Nick Mullins, my twin. He was on my team. I dropped him. He's now on Little Slads' team. 
had to get another guy because he doesn't have Fitzpatrick anymore. Sad. Um, bought Fitzpatrick. Uh, then Jake went out and spent $5 to get Emmanuel Agba, the defensive end from Miami. Awesome. Then Sterk makes another transaction, picks up Marvin Hall, Lions wide receiver for 5 bucks. His, his role could be expanded. We'll see. Especially Kenny Galladay, but ooh, what happened with Matt Stafford today? Uh, well, he could be back. Um, they're saying that he was in a high contact potential for, like, for the risk, but as long as he still tests negative all the way through Sunday, he can play Sunday. Oh, okay. I just saw the update from Schefter a little bit ago. Uh, the next one is Will dropped him. I had to go pick him up. Uh, my team name has been The Kick is Gould. Because of Robbie Gold, he is no longer on my team, uh, and I got my guy Rex Specs for three bucks. I'm not sure what I'm gonna name my team yet, but I love this guy. I, he is my kicker for a long time, hopefully. <laughs> then Tyler Irvin goes to Will for one dollar. I know you're excited about him and Sarcastable. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, Sarcastable when you got 32 teams, you're kind of like. Scraping the bottom barrel for a few of those guys, but Irvin could have a pretty expanded role next tomorrow with all the injuries. Uh, then we have Spaceballs uh, spending a dollar go get Ross Dwelly from San Francisco because we know they love their tight ends. And with Kittle out, with Jordan Reed uncertain if he's playing tomorrow, at least Dwelly starts tomorrow. And then Isaiah Ford for one dollar. I think this is the sneaky pickup of, of the waiver period. So he was like the wide receiver three or four with Miami. He gets traded to New England, and he may, he may be like the wide receiver one or two now with New England. Um, he is young. I believe he's a rookie. Could be wrong, though. Might have one year of experience. But if Little Slides holds on to him, uh, even if he doesn't start off strong, it's an interesting pickup, that's for sure, I think. This is his third year in the league, oh. but he only played one game in 2018, eight in 2019. Ah. So he hasn't really gotten much exposure. Yeah. So then we had four $0 bids. Three of them were just for defensive players flopping back and forth, um, make sure we have legal, legal rosters. But the one that I, I thought was pretty good, uh, lefty got Dexter Williams for free um, from the Packers. Uh, because of A.J. Dillon's COVID test, Jamal Williams' exposure, Aaron Jones's game-time decision, Dexter Williams and Tyler Irvin are going to be splitting um, snaps as the Packers starting running back next, tomorrow. How do you think and Dexter... Packers, oh, sorry. What? And the, the Packers, their running backs are incredibly value for, valuable for fantasy. Uh, I'm really not sure what the totals are going to be between the two of them if Jones doesn't play. If Jones plays... Their role is going to be mightily reduced, I was going to and say we'll that. find out pre-game time. Yeah, but as gonna... of right now, getting a dollar for Irvin and zero dollars for Wet Williams, both are pretty sneaky. I was going to ask you that. Do you think if Aaron Will, Ugh. you think Aaron Jones plays, Dexter Williams or Tyler Irvin are even relevant? They, when Aaron Jones plays, and because he's coming off of the injury, they they bring in like a second or a third back a decent amount of the time. They kind of limit his touches, so he's around like 25, 30, like either runs or pass routes that they're throwing him to him. So I think either one of them is relevant. I just don't know which one if Jones plays. Sure. 
Uh, speaking of legal rosters, by the way, don't know if you knew this, but Jimmy G's out for the season. Joe Burrow's on by this next week. Hit the alarms, Andy. She doesn't have a starting quarterback. <laughs> oh boy. So who are her uh, options available right now on on our free agency? Uh, Jake Luton for Jacksonville. Cooper Rush slash uh, what's the other guy's name? Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. All right. Interesting. He's an AAS star. He might actually be something if Garrett Gilbert wins that job. Yep. Uh, how about uh, potentially David Blau? Nope. Chase Daniel. Oh, okay. Their, Chase Daniel. The line starting well, well top backup right now. Uh, do we have anybody else of interest? Uh, I think those are the couple guys. So she's pretty much got the Dallas QB backup as long as Danucci's not starting, or the. Lions back up as long as Stafford's not starting. If you get really, on that waiver wire, Andy. If Danucci gets named the name the starter, and I know Andy's really going to want him, I will take him in exchange for one of her firsts. I think that's a very fair trade. So speaking of trades, we had no one trade for the second straight week. I'm literally going to die if there is not a trade in this league. I'm very disappointed in every single one of you. For being the most active league I've ever been in. Now you don't want to trade? What is wrong with you? <laughs> well, uh, and we, we might see some trade this week because Annie needs to have a legal roster. So she might be looking for a QB. I think she was in this same situation last year as well. Yeah, I believe she was. And she had to go and trade because she had Cam Newton and he was out. Or got caught mm-hmm. either one. And she had to go trade for Jimmy G. That's why having at least two QBs, sometimes even three in this case, you need you need some depth at that QB spot, especially yeah. when all of the QBs are snatched up. In my other famous Dynasty League I'm in, it's only eight teams, and you can always get a decent QB off the waiver wire if you need them. This league, that's not, that's not a thing. So let's talk about Week 8. Week 8 is now in the books, starting with Thursday's game, which was the Atlanta Falcons beating the Carolina Panthers. Calvin Ridley gets hurt. It was a complete messy fest. It was rainy, muddy. Um, and week eight was really highlighted by wind, to be honest. Uh, Mike Davis has really, really fallen off in the last couple weeks. Uh, I'm hoping, I'm assuming that the Panthers are hoping they can get Christian McCaffrey back rather quickly. Um, but Julio Jones had a really good game. Seven catches for 137 yards. And uh, Curtis Samuel actually kind of showed up as well for them. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I remember from this game is that Teddy got almost decapitated on a really dirty oh, yeah. hit. Um, that uh, Ridley got hurt, Julio Jones had a really good game, and the Falcons actually held a lead. Yep. Uh, the Panthers had a chance to go down the field and score, and Teddy, I think he threw a pick. But that game feels like it was ages ago. Moving on to the second game, we got my Chargers, of course, which started a conversation in the chat uh, about Anthony Lynn. But the Chargers blew another game. They looked incredible. They were destroying the Broncos. Justin Herbert looked great once again. Broncos looked bad. Melvin Gordon was pretty bad as well. Phil Lindsay's just so good. And I, I was saying this in the offseason, didn't really make sense. For them to go out and get Melvin Gordon, because Phil Lindsay is definitely, in my eyes, a starting running back. Um, and then just a lot of other nonsense happened in that game. I'm just 
<sighs> KJ Hamler catches a uh, touchdown as time expires. Um, just, I'm just sick of losing close games, but I'm numb to it at this point. How 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 uh, mad are you at Drew Locke for his like dancing? After okay, that honestly might have pissed me off more than the actual loss. His stupid ass finger dancing. Like, if you're going to dance, at least do something cool. But he's, like, skipping around, like, with his fingers. I'm like, dude, literally, you're not cool. <laughs> yeah, I I will be perfectly honest. Um, I didn't see much of this game until the end when the Chargers were all of a sudden um, going down again. Uh, the last drive was insane. Drew Locke looked like a competent QB. I'm sorry about the Chargers. Uh, but what you're saying about Philip Lindsay holds true. When they signed Melvin Gordon, I'm like, well, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> Philip Lindsay is a good running back, and he was a Pro Bowler, and he had a pretty solid year last year too. I thought I was going into the year with Jonathan Taylor and Philip Lindsay as my starting running backs. Yeah. Um, I still think going into next year, Philip Lindsay will be a starting running back because Melvin Gordon will either have a reserve role or potentially even cut because Philip Lindsay's good enough that they don't even need him. Yeah. Uh, so. I agree with that take. I'm sorry about the Chargers, bro. Um, there were some interesting questions put up in that chat. Unfortunately, they didn't follow the proper format. Yep, didn't follow protocol and put their mailbag questions in to the Google form. Therefore, they are void questions. They were lost in the mail. <laughs> I need to hit the breaking news sound really quick from a piece of news I just got. Breaking news! Breaking news! <laughs> Tomorrow, for the 49ers and the Packers game, the following players have been ruled out due to being close contacts in COVID. Trent Williams, left tackle. Devo Samuel, who was already injured anyways. Brandon Ayuk, all three are ruled out tomorrow versus the Packers. Holy shit. The 49ers don't have a single weapon. <laughs> Kendrick, they have no Kendrick Bourne has COVID. Brandon Ayuk's out. Devo Samuel's out. Who's their new wide receiver one? Oh, I don't, Kittle's I don't out. Know. I don't know. And Honestly, they just, they just cut Dante. They literally just cut Dante Pettis yesterday. Yep. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. And the news claimed by the Giants. Yep. Um, right. Their top Trent three Taylor. running backs, I believe. Coleman, Mostert. No, the top two running backs are out. Um, I saw something um, earlier today. It was there are only three offensive starters that are even going to be on the field that were the same people that played against the Packers in the championship game last year. And they didn't touch the ball. Oh it's God. two starting offensive linemen and Kyle Juszczyk. <laughs> None of the other players that are, were even on the field that caught a pass or that ran the ball or threw the ball are going to be even the same players that were on the field. Oh this God. is going to be a shit show of a game. All right, so listen to this. Jimmy G, this is the 49ers offense. Uh, Jimmy, I'll go through defense too. Jimmy G, IR. Tevin Coleman out, Raheem Mostert IR, Debo Samuel out, Richie James game time decision rule or leaning out, Chris Thompson not the running back IR, Brandon Ayuk out, Kendrick Bourne out, Travis Benjamin out, Jalen Hurd IR, Jordan Reed IR, George Kittle IR, uh, other important names Solomon Tom Thomas IR, D Ford IR, Ziggy Anza IR, oh my gosh, uh, uh, Nick. Nick uh, Magabosa, IR. Uh, Kiko Alonso, out. Richard Sherman, IR. 
Jaquiski Tart out. Oh my God! Could the Jets beat this team? I don't know. It's <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm not going to discount because Kyle Shanahan's a great coach, and the Packers are missing a couple key guys. Only a, compared to the 49ers list is nothing, but they could be without Aaron Jones and Bakhtiari, who was really felt last week. Um, the other cornerback Kevin King and some other smaller guys in smaller roles. But that's nothing compared to what the 49ers are facing. I think the Packers' only big question mark tomorrow is going to be who plays running back. But if they lose to the 49ers, yikes. <laughs> I just saw Rob Domofsky, Rob Domofsky, uh post about how the Packers were playing the same. This was at uh, – this was actually recently. This was two yeah, hours Yeah, because they, they left for San Francisco because so they weren't sure if they were going to be able to leave on time because they weren't sure if the 49ers were going to be able to do anything. Yeah, so let's go back to the NFL games here. Moving on to the Patriots losing 21-24 to the Bills. Cam Newton looked bad again. The offense looks bad. Um, also, speaking of looking bad, though, Josh Allen has actually – not. I don't, know if, I don't want to say if he's bad because he's not. But at the same time, the defense, oh, my gosh. People were talking about how much of a force that defense was going to be. And people are running all over the Bills' defense. And they barely sneak out a victory versus the Patriots, but they move to six and two. That is big. I mean, who wants to win the AFC East right now beyond the Bills? The Dolphins. Patriots don't look good. The Jets, they have Adam Gase, so they're not going to look good. Uh, the Dolphins are trying, and they're they're getting frisky. Um, their defensive special teams went off, which I'm sure we'll talk about soon. But we'll get to that in a second. Then we move on to the. Bengals. The Bengals pulled a big upset against the Titans. 31-20 to victory. Joe Burrow looked really, really good. Uh, Derrick Henry still looked good. And covid Ree Davis, since coming back from COVID, oh my gosh, like all season to be honest, he is the number two. He's basically like the 1B because he gets targeted way more than A.J. Brown. But covid Ree Davis has looked really good, and I'm so glad I got him for Taysom Hill from Will. Never forget. <laughs> hey, he lost that trade with Taysom Hill pretty badly. He definitely won the next trade where he got um, Antoine Winfield. Oh, yeah. Because as a rookie, he's balling out right now. Yep. Um, but, yes, the Joe Burrow looked great. Bengals, all of their weapons look really good. I'm surprised they didn't try to trade John Ross. Or A.J. AJ Green. Yeah, I mean, A.J. Green, too. But John Ross especially, like, he – was a first-round pick three years ago. He's still going to have really good value, and he's been uh, pretty much benched. A.J. Green looks disinterested, but everybody else on that team looks really good. Like, I mean, the defense has got – they're young. Line's not looking great. Defense is all right. But that, the offensive weapons, the Bengals are going to be a force in maybe three years, two years, because yeah. they got the QB and they got the weapons they need for him. The, the Titans was definitely a big letdown game. Uh, Tannehill played solidly, and COVID Reed Davis and AJ Brown had really good games, and that well, that's kept them in that in that game for him. Uh, by the way, before I forget, because we I, we were mentioning John Ross and AJ Green. Um, by the way, yeah, John Ross, poor guy, posted all over Twitter like saying how how much he wants to be utilized, and they don't use him. He's just very fast. I don't know if he has the skill set to be a good wide receiver, but he also hasn't been utilized in one. But we'll never know. Yeah, we may never know. Because they really didn't use him. The first two years, 
he looked really good in flashes and then would get hurt. And ever since, they really haven't used him. So. Now, before I forget, we cannot go this episode without talking about the Packers. Once again, fuck up the draft. Don't make a single move at the trade deadline, yet they were linked to Will Fuller. And it seemed like Will Fuller was willing to go to Green Bay. They had A.J. Green on the on the block. They had Curtis Samuel potentially being willing to trade. I did hear that the Packers were not willing to give up a second-round pick. Hmm. Is that because they wanted to use it on another A.J. Dillon-type player? So, I know there's a lot of stuff coming out about this. I would have loved them to go get Will Fuller. The problem was is that Bill O'Brien is no longer the Texans' GM. <laughs> <laughs> they could have easily fleeced him for Will Fuller. Kenny Stills, who barely plays. Kiki Kuti, who doesn't even play. Uh, Randall Cobb was probably not going to go in the big contract. But any of those guys, they needed receiver help. Uh, it looks like Alan Lazard's playing tomorrow. We'll see. That, that'll be a big upgrade again. But for the price of a second-round pick, that was going to be too much for Will Fuller. Um, the Packers' second-round picks in the last 10 years have actually been pretty solid. I love second-round picks. Round picks. What? I love second-round picks. That's what you said. Did I? Yep. yep. Yikes. <laughs> um, <laughs> their third-round picks have been dreadful. They've been impossibly bad. Um, so I, the, apparently the Packers were not willing to budge over a fourth-rounder. The Texans were not willing to budge over a second-rounder. The Texans already declined Will Fuller's option, so they know that next year, as long as they don't sign anybody and he signs with somewhere else, they're going to get a conditional third-round pick, a supplemental pick for losing him. If the Packers just cough up a third-rounder for him, I think it happens. Um, Will Fuller was linked to LaFleur because um, LaFleur was on the Notre Dame coaching staff when um, Fuller was there. They love they love playing with each other. Will Fuller was tw- had that really funny gif, just waiting to see if he was going to be traded. Yeah. Traded or that's from Little Rascals. Oh, Little Rascals. Okay, I I really think they would have helped a third rounder and maybe some like small get player third rounder and a seventh rounder or something like that. That's solid because they they weren't going to be able to resign him next year, but just as a rental to go help win the title, that'd have been awesome. Um, but it is what it is. I mean, Packers have a formula and they stick to it as gonna, much as it completely maddens their fans, yeah. people around the NFL. It seems like they're wasting some of Aaron Rod, like prime the rest of his prime years yeah, by he, not trying to go up and upgrade. He for sure had to be a little bit pissed at, that they didn't make a move, I feel like. Oh, 100% I was. Uh, once I found out it was a second round pick, I was like, okay, I understand, but go get someone. Yep. They're, you you saw the quality of the wide receivers they're throwing out there. They're practice squad guys. They're Canadian Football League guys. They're they're Division three guys. I mean, they even lost Kumaro, who was probably better than a couple of guys that are dropping passes on a weekly basis for them. Like, it's Adams. It's Lazard when he's healthy. Mr. Inconsistent, who lives up to his name. And Scrubs. So... I got to read this tweet. I was just scrolling through Twitter. It was from Joe. It said, burnt the fucking roof of my mouth on tacos. <laughs> Random tweet read. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I think I responded to that. Yeah, I think you, you were drunk watching the pol- uh, debates and uh, not the debates, <laughs> the election coverage last yeah. night. 
Okay, let's move on to the next game. We had a very windy game in Cleveland. Uh, there's 40-plus mile-per-hour winds. Uh, the Raiders end up beating the Browns 16-6. to Gross. Baker only threw for 122 yards. He no, was a top covers. passer. Yeah, seat covers. Uh, Josh Jacobs, 31 carries for 129. That just shows how much passing was irrelevant in this game. <laughs> I don't. I honestly did not see much of this game through red zone. This game was it was like it didn't happen, and then all of a sudden you'd see like a random kick field goal attempt where the ball like literally dropped and went forty yards the wrong way yeah. because of the blowing winds. That game was just a gross game. Moving on, then we had the Colts in the dome in Detroit. They beat the Lions forty-one to twenty-one, and uh, when we look at the rushing, Jordan Wilkins was kind of the breakout naheem hines had a couple touchdowns i think he had two could be wrong uh but he was highly involved in the passing game because jonathan taylor was injured again it sounds like phil rivers even confirmed he was injured in the post game matthew stafford threw for 335 and three marvin hall had four catches for 113 yards uh that's a lot of fly routes or just catch and run well, when Kenny Galladay, in another league, I traded for him last week, and I started him all excited for him. He had four targets, was not completed a pass, got hurt, and is out for a couple weeks now. Yeah. So that's why we got Marvin Hall being picked up in this league. Um, also, Jordan Wilkins' touchdown celebration was electric. <laughs> it was a, a backflip, and like a, a 360 backflip preceded by um, – like a handstand flip or something. I don't know the exact terms for it, yeah. but we had Simone Biles commenting on it. Like it was really <laughs> athletic. It was impressive. Yeah. And the Colts are now five and two. They do not feel like a five and two team. I feel <laughs> like what? No. Their defense Their is defense. good. Their defense is incredible, especially yeah. with Darius Leonard on that field. Their defense is a top five defense in the NFL right now. For sure. Move on to a sad game. So the Packers lose to 22 to 28 at home. Not that that really matters this year. Against the Vikings, giving the Vikings their second win. Direct quote from Randy in the chat. This was the Vikings' Super Bowl. Now lose nine in a row and give me Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I laughed at that one. That was, that was pretty good. Um, yeah, this is another one that was wind-affected. The Packers had to go for it a couple more times than they would have liked because both of the wind and Crosby's injury um, – they didn't look like they wanted to try in the first half. Well, the first half was weird because they had each team had two possessions, each team had two touchdowns, and the first half was over. Um, yeah, it was it was really interesting. Uh, the Packers decided that they let, didn't want to tackle Dalvin Cook and let him run right all over them. Yep. Interesting strategy. <laughs> uh, I feel like I should put in like the, the bold cotton, bold strategy cotton. Let's see how this pays off because. They decided to do that. Uh, they came close at the end. Um, I thought they'd have a chance, and they just they couldn't pull it out. They they just didn't look interested in that game. It looked like they were ex- excited for the 49ers game, which is now not really a game to be excited for because it's nope. probably going to be a shit show. Moving on then, we have the New York football Jets moving to 0-8. They lose to the Chiefs. When I saw this game on the slate, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Uh, the Chiefs are now 7-1. and one. Mahomes threw for 4-16-5. and five. 
he did not throw for five touchdowns. They're those stupid underhand shovel passes that I still do not consider to pass, a touch pass. It's basically like a run. I know Miko Hardman had a really long one. I think that uh, Byron Pringle even had a couple. Uh, Travis Kelsey had a shovel pass touchdown. So uh, <laughs> leading rusher of the game was Frank Gore, 10 carries, 30 yards. Yeah, I love the stats coming in there uh, in the second half where they're like, yeah, um, the Jets are down by a lot, and still Adam Adam Gase is having them run on first down and second down, setting them up for a long third down, which they can't complete because they have no weapons for Sam Donald to throw to. Going back to what Randy said about Trevor Lawrence, I don't think he's going to be on the board because the Jets aren't going to win a game. And if they do, they're only going to win one. And that's where Trevor Lawrence goes, even though Sam Darnold is a good quarterback. So let's play a game every week now where we project if the Jets get their first victory. They play Patriots on Monday night. Patriots have not looked too good. I'm worried about this game, but do you think the Jets win? Okay, I'm, a, I'm actually decently worried about this game. The Patriots <laughs> have not looked good. No. I do and they have I'm injuries on their defense, too. Far as saying the Jets are going to win this, but this one could be a close one. Yeah. <laughs> we might see Sam Dar- primetime Sam Darnold Monday night, but he's actually injured right now. We could see primetime Joe Flacco. <laughs> Joe Flacco plays, the Jets don't have a chance. If Sam Darnold <laughs> plays, um, then I think it could be a little bit interesting. I still expect the Patriots to win. So the Adam Gase, I don't know how he still has a job. Uh, so are you, are you saying yes are you saying no that the Jets don't do not win? I, I don't think they win, but it's much closer than I thought it was going to be. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, what? I mean, does it matter if it's home or away? Patriots don't have fans. Jets, do they have fans? No. I don't even know if that matters. It's in the Meadowlands. I know that. Yeah, screw it. I, I don't think they're winning. I'll go with no. Moving on then, we had the Dolphins playing against the Rams. And the Dolphins pull off an upset. I know you were going to talk about their defense. They end up winning 28-17. The Dolphins are now 4-3. and three. I want to throw a statistic at you. Tua Tungavailoa in his career starting game. 93 yards, one touchdown, and yet they win by 11. And that, that helps when Jared Goff has two fumbles and two picks. Um, he looked lost. Uh, the Falcons – or the Falcons. The Dolphins' defense um, – Got a fumble recovery touchdown from 94 yards from Andrew Van Ginkle. Yes. Um, they had a the first punt return touchdown of the year um, by Jakeem Grant. Uh, they also had another one where they that only had to go 10 yards for a touchdown because of the defense. Um, I, I kept getting the defensive updates because Sam has them for Gulag, which they were her top scorer this past week. <laughs> <laughs> the Rams looked awful. Um, you got Cooper Cup and Robert Woods that look good at the end of the game in garbage time, but the Dolphin the Dolphins controlled that the whole game. I think this week we'll see more about how Tua is. I don't even know who they play, but they didn't have to do too much. No, not at all. So, yeah, I'm gonna take a peek right right now who they play. But by the way, Miles Gaskins out. He's out for a while. It sounds like three weeks. So it sounds like it's going to be Matt Burita time for Miami. They actually just went out and they traded for DeAndre Washington, who was on the Chiefs. That was weird. That was very weird. They have Burita, they have Laird, they have Jordan Howard. Why do they need to go get him? Although, 
Breida missed practice today. I didn't see an update about why, but he missed practice. They play the Cardinals in Arizona this week. Should so be Tua versus right? Buda Baker. Yeah. Okay, so then we have the Steelers. This was probably the game of the week. Steelers defeat the Ravens 28-24. to Steelers move to 7-0. and Ravens move to 5-2. and Lamar looks like ass once again. Nine <laughs> throws for 208 yards. Uh, and two touchdowns. He had, I believe, less than 100 yards in the first half. J.K. Dobbins looked pretty solid. He had 15 carries, 113 yards. Gus Edwards looked really solid as well with Mark Ingram being out. And really the only bright spot for the receiving core was Willie Sneed, who had five catches for 106 yards. Uh, Big Ben didn't even have a crazy game, and he doesn't really need to have a crazy game because they have so many weapons. Uh, I believe Chase Claypool had the game-winning touchdown. Him by the way, too, yeah. By the way, weekly reminder: Chase Claypool is on Andy's taxi squad. Can't forget. Good, good reminder. Uh, Lamar did not look good whatsoever. I think he had two picks and a fumble. Um, there was something else I was going to talk about with the Ravens. Oh yeah, J.K. Dobbins. Um, some of the advanced stats show that he is like the most effective um, runner per rush attempt in the NFL right now. Uh, but he's not used that much yet. Um, I think with the Ingram injury, although Gus Edwards looked really effective, I think Dobbins is the RB1 from now on for the Ravens. Now, we played a game with the Jets where we project if they win. Let's play a game with the Steelers if we project, where we project if they lose. Uh, Steelers play at the Dallas Cowboys this week. What do you think? Well, I don't know. If Gucci Danucci is playing, <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Gucci Danucci. Uh, now, in all seriousness, Steelers are going to be you know, if it this week. Yep, same. Then we move on to a game that was in overtime. The Bears lose to the Saints, which I'm going to call the Javon Wims game because <laughs> I know there's a little bit of detail that has come out about something that may have happened uh, a few p- plays prior. Of course, it was with the dude that Michael Thomas punched. That guy just seems like a complete tool. But <laughs> he's like poking people. That's what they were talking about on, uh, pardon my take. But anyways, mm-hmm. the Saints beat the Bears 26-23 in overtime. Javon Wims, if you are under a rock, literally just went up to a dude and just socked him uh, and <laughs> kept socking him. And he got a two-game suspension. He appealed it and lost. Not shocked. That was wild. I haven't seen a fight like that in the NFL since in a while. Cortland Finnegan is the the last last one I remember. Sorry, what? I was going to say Cortland Finnegan, Andre Johnson is the last one I I remember like that. I was literally saying that. Yeah, uh, that one was an incredible fight. This one was all one-sided because it's like the Saints cornerback was like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then he eventually started defending himself and uh, the teams came together and trying to pull each other off of each other, but that was just that was insane. Also, the Bears, yikes! Like the Saints had that one, I think, and then the Bears came back to make it interesting, and the Saints had it one again. Foles was all over. Was the roller coaster ride that Nick Foles is? Trubisky came in for one play, and is now have and now has some serious injury to his throwing shoulder on that one play where he got tackled hard. <laughs> That I just saw, like, I, I don't know what to think of either of these teams right no. now because the Saints didn't look great and the Bears didn't look great either. Yep. Uh, on the positive for the Bears, though, that I think they found a good kicker in Cairo Santos. He looked pretty good, even with the wind. Yeah, he did. He kicked with the wind. That's part of 
Chicago, Green Bay, like maybe even Cleveland too. When you find a kicker that kicks with a win, you keep him, which is why it was so dumb when they dumped Robbie Gould uh, a few years ago. Speaking of Robbie Gould, 49ers and the Seahawks. Seahawks win by 10. Russell Wilson throws four touchdowns. DJ Dallas, 18 carries for 41 yards. That is so inefficient. That's two yards a carry. And the touchdown, though. Uh, but then DK Metcalf doing his thing. 12 catches, 161-2. Man, he just looks so good. It's, it was really funny. It was like I saw a stat, too. It was like the most volatile fantasy receivers week to week. Um, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Mike Williams, and I don't remember the other two. Um, also, then they had the top five fantasy scoring receivers, and both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were in that top five. <laughs> um, it's it's really hard to know which one you're playing each week. It, it just put them in the lineup, but you just don't know what the the points total is. Because one week ago we had Tyler Lockett with 52, this week we get uh, Metcalf with 40. Yeah. And also the 49ers did not look good, but nope. we're seeing they had they had guys dropping like flies. Nick mm-hmm. Mullins in the fourth quarter had a crazy game, um, but we'll see how he does this week when he has no weapons. Yeah, <laughs> so Jimmy G is out for the season. Uh, no, he's not. Not necessarily. I that's I don't know. That's a tweet I saw though. I thought oh, he's he out six out. weeks. I saw. Yeah, six weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I saw an eight It'll weeks for Kittle. Season, yeah. Uh, okay, so then the Cowboys, uh, quite the awkward game on Sunday night. Gucci Danucci uh, goes 21 for 40 and a 180 for yardage. Travis Fulgham continues to be the breakout star. Could have been on the Packers. They got rid of him. Dale Moss's buddy. So <laughs> Cowboys lose 9 to 23. The Cowboys are now 2 and 6. They're 0 and 4 on the road. Um, the Eagles are now three, four, and one, and they're in first place at three, four, and one. But they are getting a lot of weapons back, so I think that their record's going to be a lot better than some people may think it's going to be. Or like, obviously, we know that the NFC least is horrible. I think they could have, for NFC East standards, a pretty decent record. Like, could they honestly be like eight, seven, and one? Technically, that's above 500. They're going to be hosting a playoff game. I think they could get to that um, if they get hot. Um, their weapons are coming back. Fulgham looks great. Boston Scott is filling in great for Miles Sanders. Um, with the Cowboys, it was just it was funny watching. Uh, pardon my take. Discuss the game because like Danucci was doing some insane things. He was trying to throw in curveballs. Yep. He was uh, just he threw so many balls that should have been picked, um, and then. They were really going crazy over that fumble that was somehow not called down, um, and the Eagles ran it back for a touchdown. Like it was a legitimate fumble. The guy was down because they were fighting over the ball, and then all of a sudden the ball squirts out and the Eagles run it back for a touchdown. I didn't understand that. It could have been a little closer, but the Eagles by far outplayed them. The Cowboys couldn't do anything on no. offense, even though Carson Wentz had multiple turnovers. He did not look good. Nope. And then our last game was the Buccaneers. Somehow, the Buccaneers only win by two, 25-23. Fuck Bruce Arians, piece of shit. He gave, of course, Ronald Jones, if you fumble or you miss a block for uh, Bruce Arians, he won't play you at all. And he did the exact same thing for Ronald Jones. He fumbled for the first time in like 150 carries or something like that. And what happens? 
Leonard Fournette's on the game. The rest of the or on the field, rest of the game, and he sucked. He's averaging around three and a half yards a carry, and that doesn't do justice about how bad he looked. There were so many carries that he had that were either for zero or negative yards, and they're playing against the Giants, so that just pissed me off. In addition to being a fantasy owner of it, or sorry, a fantasy fantasy manager for that, um, but yeah, Tom Brady two seventy nine and two. Uh, didn't look too crazy good, but Antonio Brown's coming, and uh, I, I don't know what the injury de- designation is for for Chris Godwin to be honest, because like I heard he was gonna be out six weeks, and then now I saw he was like questionable or something, or now he's gonna play. He, he had surgery on like a broken finger in his hand. Um, well, I don't know what the timetable is. I just know that that was the injury. Um, Daniel Jones giveth, Daniel Jones taketh away. Like he had an incredible throw on that touchdown drive. Um, to get hit Golden Tate, who had a great catch to like have a chance to tie the game. And then he completely missed a wide open Deion Lewis um, for that two point conversion. There was questionable pass interference. I think it, I think Winfield arrived right on time with the ball. I'm not exactly sure, but Daniel Jones hesitated, double pumped, and then threw it late. Um, Daniel Jones, I think, had two picks. We also had some incredible plays. And Fournette, for being a first round pick, he looks so good in college. He has zero vision whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, he's really athletic. He's really strong, really big. But he runs into his linemen all the time. Yeah. You were just talking about the zero, negative one yards. Yeah. I don't understand why he's still a starting running back in the NFL right now or an R, an R1A, 1B in Tampa. So that's all for week eight. Week eight is in the books. We are going to come back one final time to just talk about our past week in the for the throne league and then preview week nine So we start in week eight with uh, my matchup, the Hearst Locker versus Kick is Gould in his final kicking opportunity. Um, Sterk uh, ended up beating me 146.46 to 136.24. Uh, going into Monday night, I thought I had a chance, and then Ryan stuck up at 15 points, and I was done. Uh, Sterk really didn't get much from Josh Allen. He only had 12.5 points. Josh Jacobs had 12.9. Um, Jamal Williams in his final role as a starting running back for a while under the Packers at 18. Keenan Allen at 21.7. Juju at 13.7. Um, he flexed Hayden Hurst like his team name. He had 10. And Jerick McKinnon had 14.9. And I already talked about his 15-point performance from his kicker. For my for my squad, I had Matt Ryan since it was Kyler's bye week. Uh, he gave me 18. Darrell Henderson and Jonathan Taylor both had garbage games to go along with Devontae Parker and Amari Cooper's 1.5. Thanks, Gucci Danucci. 
Um, I stupidly started Harrison Bryan instead of Eric Ebron. I think I would have won if I started Eric Ebron. I'll just double check that real quick. I would have, I believe. Um, or it would have been much, much closer. Uh, Devonta Adams, thankfully, saved me with a great cookie performance. Gio Bernard had 22.8 for me, um, which could be his last starting spot this year, depending on Mixon's injury, which would suck. Um, and then I had uh, cookie award winner Bobby Wagner with 14.5 as an IDP spot. Sterk moved to 5-3. and three. I moved to 3-5. and five. We move on to Johnny Sins Never Quits against Chasing for Jamar Chase. Uh, Logan was projected to win this by 16 and only ended up winning this by five and a half, 161.7 to 156.02. Patrick Mahomes went off for him. Uh, cookie winner with 46.6 points. James Conner at 15. Melvin Gordon just cracked double digits. He had a terrible performance. Thielen and AJ Green really were awful in his wide receiver spots. Travis Kelsey won a cookie with 24.9. Travis Fulgham had 19.8. And then he um, had the tackle machine, Blake Martinez, with 10.5. For Will's team, chasing for Jamar Chase, Justin Herbert at 28. David Montgomery at 12.5. Miles Gaskin at 13.3 and will be out a few weeks. He won a cookie with DK Metcalf with 40. Rashad Higgins played like garbage. TJ Hawkinson at 13.5. Uh, his flexes did not get him good points. Will Lutz had 13, which is a solid performance for a kicker. Uh, Logan's team moves to 6-2, and two, chasing for Jamar Chase. And a shocker moves to 2-6. and six. Not a shocker in this past week, but a shocker in his record overall. Then we move on to Outdoor Furnishings versus Team Backflip. Outdoor Furnishings was projected to win by 8. Both teams vastly underperformed, but Outdoor Furnishings ended up winning by two. Seat covers with a terrible performance for Outdoor Furnishings, rolling 7.8 points. Um, Warming the Pine, I believe, had 14.7 for him. Yard Bench, Awesomeness, who got hurt. Both Falcons did not play great. Outdoor Speaker System had 10.6. Outdoor Griller with not a great performance in the tight end spot. Garden Gnome with a really solid performance in the flux spot. Disco Ball really underperformed with only 1.6. The Legend Continues had 11 in the kicker spot. Um, and One Stripe had 11.8 in the DB spot. We move to Team Backflip where Tau Kappa Epsilon had 28.5. Uh, both of his running backs did not score over 10 points. Both of his wide receivers did not score over 10 points. His tight end and one of his flexes didn't as well. Um, he thankfully flexed Gronk in at his flex spot to get 14. And that was it for people that actually scored over 10 points for his team. Outdoor furnishings moves to six and six and two. Team backflip moves to three and five. We move on to Fresh Prince of Hilaire versus Lamar and Friends. Lamar and Friends were supposed to win by one, and he ended up losing by nine, with both teams, once again, really underperforming compared to the sleeper projections. Fresh Prince of Hilaire had Carson Wentz with 12.6. Uh, both running backs didn't score in the double digits. One of his wide receivers didn't either, but Stefan Diggs had 15. Noah Fant had 11.7. 
Wayne Gallman streamed in with 13.2. Bobby Anderson had 9.8. Cookie winner um, Mason Badgley had 15. Roquan uh, had 11. For Lamar and friends, Lamar Jackson with a not great performance, two interceptions and two fumbles, but he still had 18 points. Uh, Cookie winner uh, Alvin Kamara, 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 who knows, uh, had 25.3. Boston Scott just cracked 10. Uh, wide receivers and tight ends all with really rough performances. He started Kenny Galladay with a big fat zero thanks to the hip injury. But he did start T. Higgins with 14.4. Eric Kendricks had 10. And cookie winner uh, Jesse Bates had 16. Lamar and friends falls to 4-4. Four and four. Fresh Prince of Allaire climbs to 5-3. and three. Let's call him Alvin Kamala. Alvin Kamala, I like it. <laughs> um, then we had Team Amelia Clark fan outperform his performance, what he was projected uh, by a little bit, uh, go against Mrs. Burrow. Huge victory by Team Amelia Clark fan, 187.9 to 136.8. Uh, Amelia Clark started Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited, with 36.7. Dalvin Cook, I already talked about, with 48.6. AP did nothing for him, but it didn't matter because he had Mike Evans with 16 and a half. AJ Brown had 12.4. Um, Julio Jones had 20. Uh, and his two IDPs that really did well were Jordan Poyer and cookie winner Darius Leonard back from the injury. For Mrs. Burrow, she had Joe Burrow starting with 22.8 points. Leonard Fournette just cracked 10. Uh, wide receiver and running back beyond that weren't great, although Cooper Cup had 23. She got 12 out of Evan Ingram and 21.4 out of the great game by Curtis Samuel. Uh, and she had 11.5 from Malcolm Jenkins in the IDP spot. Team Amelia Clark fan moves to 5-3, and three, while Mrs. Burrell falls to 0-8. We might have to play a game with her record, too, to see if she'll have a chance to win this week. Yikes. Uh, then the final matchup of the fantasy performances was Team Spaceballs with a very vast underperformance. He was projected to lose by five, and he scored 18 under what he was projected, where King Henry's Kingdom gets the victory, 165.1 to 139.5. Team Henry's Kingdom started Jared Goff with 12.2. We already talked about how terrible a performance he had, but he still got 12 fantasy points. Derrick Henry had 17. Todd Gurley had 10. Tyreek Hill at 25.8. Robert Woods at 28.4. Those were two cookie winners right there. He got nothing out of the tight end spot. Jimmy Grandpa didn't do anything. Uh, Sterling Shepard at 16.4. Jalen Rager at 13.2. And Jerome Baker uh, had 10.5 in the linebacker spot. We move on to Spaceballs, who had Commander Zircon with 19.2. Lone Star underperformed. Barfalamule underperformed. Spaceball Trooper had 19.6. SB, the flamethrower, had 23.1, but will be out tomorrow because of close contact with COVID. Yogurt, on IR for the rest of the year with a rough performance. Below, you got your heart. Dark Helmet had a great touchdown catch from 20.7 points. Eagle 5 didn't do too much. Spaceballs, Kicker didn't do that great. Uh, Mega Maid, Dr. Schlotkin, and Comb Guy didn't score well. 
and I'm still disappointed that BJ Goodson does not have a nickname for his team. He didn't perform well either. He should be called uh, guy number two. Called guy number two. I like it. Uh, Little Slads ends with a record of four and four. Spaceballs drops to five and three. And that was week eight. We move on to week nine. So in week nine, we got Johnny Sins never quits going up against the Hearst Locker in a six and two versus five and three matchup. Right now, Sleeper's projecting a eight point victory for Johnny Sins never quits. In the quarterback, he's got Petram Holmes. He's got James Conner and Melvin Gordon. Thielen and DeAndre Hopkins for wideouts. Kelsey at the tight end. Uh, COVID Reed Davis in the flex. And then Justin Jackson right now in his second flex versus Las Vegas. So he's going to start Charger, it looks like. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe now with the Ravens. He is projected to start. Harrison Smith, Shaq Thompson, and Blake Martinez is the other IDPs. Blake Martinez is such a stud. And it's actually the Blake Martinez, TJ Watt. Uh, Sterk and I made a swap, so I'm happy that I actually got Blake Martinez. That was a good trade. And TJ Watt's pretty solid, too. On the Hearst Locker side, he's got Josh Allen against Seattle Juicy. Uh, Josh Jacobs and David Johnson in his running backs. Wideouts, he's got Keenan Allen and Juju Smith-Schuster. At the tight end, he's got Darren Waller. And then flexes Jarek McKinnon, which in Jarek McKinnon in the uh, minor league football game tomorrow. And Will <laughs> Fuller uh, in his second. I'm surprised. He's actually probably pretty happy about that because if Will Fuller would have been traded, there's no way he would have played this week. No, but he still has like Dobbins and Crowder oh, right. and other guys some his bench he could have put in there. So then his IDPs, he got Leighton Vander Esch, who Will dropped, TJ Watt, uh, KJ Wright, and then Kazir White, who is on the Chargers. So if if the projections would hold, uh, if the projections would hold, Johnny Sins never quits would be seven and two, and the Hearst locker would be five and four. Moving on to the second matchup, we have D Sladke, uh, Fresh Prince of Hell Air, going up against formerly Kick is Gould. Sleepers projecting a three and a half point victory for uh, formerly the Kick is Gould. On Fresh Prince of Hell Air side, he's got Teddy Bridgewater starting. And he's got Mike Davis and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Wideouts, he's got Hunter, Hunter Renfro and Stefan Diggs with Noah Fant at tight end. Currently, his flexes are Matt Breida, who I know you said missed practice today. Who knows what that's about? And Robbie Anderson. Hamstring and, injury. Oh, okay. We have in the IDPs Cam Jordan, Jayon Brown, Tyron Matthew, and then a Bella Dangerous Man, Rokon Smith. On your side, we have Kyler Murray. Going against Miami. Running backs, we have Philip Lindsay and Jonathan Taylor. Both questionable right now. Wideouts, we got Devontae Parker and Amari Cooper. Tight end, Eric Ebron flexes Devontae Adams and Brandon Cooks. And then Rex Specs Baby at your kicker. So excited. <laughs> All right, IDPs, you got Big Z, Zadarius Smith, Bobby Wagner, Justin Simmons, and Matt Milano, who I believe is a new guy for you, right? Yeah, I had to get someone because Quan Alexander got traded. They don't know if he's playing or not. So if projections held, D Sladkey, Fresh Prince of Heller would be five and four. You would be four and five. Third matchup, we have outdoor furnishings playing against Spaceballs, the FFT. 
Sleeper is projecting a two and a half point victory for Spaceballs on outdoor furnishings. Oh my gosh, this is the nickname bowl. How did I almost forget? So starting <laughs> right now for outdoor furnishing, we have Come On Guy 3.46. Running backs, we got Backyard Lights and Giant Sombrero and Shades, who is questionable at the moment. He currently does not have a wide receiver one in his starting lineup. And Darius Slayton, outdoor speakers. Tight end, he has outdoor griller. And then flexes, he's got garden gnome and disco ball. And for IDPs, we're right now looking at Lava Lamp, Deacon Jones Ward, winner in 2019, one stripe, and no nickname, Emmanuel Agba, who is a recent pickup. On Spaceball side, then, we have President Scroob. So President Screw versus Come On Guy at the quarterback matchup is going to be nice. Uh, running backs right now, we have Lone Star and then no nickname Jordan Wilkins. Wide receivers, we have The Space Special and SB The Flamethrower, who, by the way, is not going to be playing tomorrow. Tight end, we got Prince Valium. And then flexes, we have Dark Helmet and Eagle 5. IDPs, we have Mega Maid, Dr. Schlockton, Schlotkin, Home guy, and then no nickname, uh, Tyrell Adams. So we gotta we gotta have some like rivalry game names, yeah. like college football, because nickname ball I like that that we gotta yeah. keep that. That's gotta be for spaceballs and cascade for sure. Um, and then we'll we'll see what else. Uh, for sure, Will and Tyler would be the DAC plus two seconds for Aaron Rodgers bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but after this matchup, if projections held, and for whatever reason Jake didn't start a second wide receiver, Spaceballs would be six and three, and Cascade Bear Outdoor Furnishings would be six and three as well. Next matchup, we got Team Backflip versus Lamar and Friends. Sleepers projecting, oh my gosh, right now a sixty-three point victory for Lamar and Friends. On uh, on Tyler's side, we have Tau Kappa Epsilon, love myself a good frat at quarterback Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Uh, running backs, we got James White and is that Dexter Williams? It's only a 30, 33 point victory. Yep, I can't add 33. But yes, Dexter Williams. Okay, so Dexter Williams. Wide receivers, we got LaVisca Chanel and Antonio Brown at tight end. Then we got Rob Gronkowski and then Flexes. He's got his Cowboys, Gallup and Lamb. Will they combine for more than point one? To be determined. <laughs> For IDPs, we got Jason Pierre-Paul, Levante David. <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. Buda Baker and Jordan Hicks. Two Cardinals, two Bucks. Yeah, that is pretty good. Uh, it's kind of crazy that he has both Antonio Brown and Gronk, mm-hmm. both guys that have been out for a while, and he held on to, and now he's getting a chance to start them. Hopefully that pans out. So then on Ryan's, we got Lamar Jackson, who's looked like ass, and now he gets the Colts defense. Gross. Uh, running backs, we got Kamara and Chase Edmonds. I'm expecting huge things from Edmonds. Wide receivers, we got DJ Moore and Tyler Lockett. Tight end, we have Tunyon. Flexes, we have DJ Chark and Cole Beasley. And then the IDPs, you got Chase Young, Eric Kendricks, Pierre Desir, and Kenny Moore. So after this matchup, Lamar and friends would move to 5-4, and four, and Team Backflip would be on a five-game losing streak, I believe. Five or six. Uh at three and six then we move on to mrs burrow versus chasing for jamar chase we could call this the will will bully andy bowl 
Uh, you already called it the Toilet Bowl, but I like ah, that name too. Yes, the Toilet Bowl. Good one. So we have 0 and 8 Andy versus 2 and 6 Will on Andy's side. She does not have a quarterback. So, like I said earlier in the show, Jake Luton, uh, Cooper Rush, Garrett Gilbert, Chase Daniel, gross. <laughs> Someone's gonna have to start for her. She's getting a violation. So that we got that. We have Leonard Fournette and DeAndre Swift and the running backs. Justin Jefferson and Danny Amendola for wideouts. Evan Engram at tight end. And then flexes. We got Curtis Samuel and John Brown. For IDPs, Isaiah Simmons, Danny Trevathan, Malcolm Jenkins, Demario Davis. On Will's side, we got Bucks and Sixes Doppelganger NFS. I don't know what NFS means. So that's the quarterback. I don't either. Running backs, we got James Robinson and David Montgomery. Wide receivers, DK Metcalf and Father Time. Tight end, we have <laughs> TJ Hawkinson. And then flexes, we have Risky Business and KCMO and Chicago Bear Killer. For IDPs, we have Bradley Chubb, Devondre Campbell, and Antoine Winfield Jr. and Chris Jones. After this matchup, Will would be 3-6. and six. Andy would be 0-9. and nine. Then we move on to Randy's matchup. He told me he's worried because he's hit by buys again, but yet his team is still stacked. So right now, Sleeper is projecting Team Amelia Clark fan to beat King Henry's Kingdom by 10 points. On King Henry's side, we have Nick Mullins starting at quarterback, baby. <laughs> and then running backs, we got Derek Henry and Michael Hasty. Wideouts, Tyree Kill and the Washington football team. <laughs> And then tight end. Oh, yeah, he basically the is the team. So That's true. Jared Cook at tight end. Flexes, we have Damian Harris and Todd Gurley. And then IDPs, we got Jalen Smith, Kevin By is it Baird? Byard. I'm not sure. I think it's Bayard. Uh Jerome Baker, who by the way he kept in, in the keeper draft, never forget. And Khalil Mack. On Randy's side, we got Mr. Unlimited at quarterback. Running backs, we have Dalvin Cook and Adrian Peterson. Wideouts, we got Mike Evans and A.J. Brown. Both those guys could pop off or have absolute duds from what we've seen. Tight ends, we got Dalton Schultz right now. Flexes, Traquan Smith and Julio Jones. IDPs, we got Joey Bosa, Fred Warner, Jordan Poyer, and Darius Leonard. I think he has the best starting floor for IDPs in our league. I'm not sure what he's talking about too much about buys. Like the only buy yeah. is like Goddard and Miles Sanders, but Sanders was hurt. Yeah, he was out already. So I don't know, maybe Dallas Goddard, but still. Mm -hmm. So after this matchup, Team Amelia Clark fan would be six and three, and King Henry's Kingdom would be four and five. So that's all we got from this episode of the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. Remember, if you have any mailbag questions feel free to post them in the pinned message we will answer as many as we possibly can so we have four weeks no five weeks left in the for the throne dynasty podcast regular season and we get on the playoffs and believe it or not right after playoffs we have uh rule we have rule proposal we have the draft lottery and then free agency locks Trades can still be gone. Dynasty never ends. So, thanks for listening to this episode.